You're listening to Mike and Kristen. The podcast. I'm Mike, a musician, writer, and producer. And I'm Kristen, a painter, writer, and designer. Our show is all about following dreams, taking chances, and what life as an artist is really about. Together, we bring you weekly guest interviews and thought-provoking conversations. Let's go! Okay, we're back. We are back. Another Wednesday. Another Wednesday. And the introduction. And the introduction is really. Is really. Oh, uh, you were one of those kids, weren't you? I don't think I've ever done that ever in my life, <laughs> ever. Just felt like doing it in that moment. I'm glad that it I'm happened. Glad that now. it happened now. Oh no. Okay, we'll be back next week, folks. <laughs> See you soon. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> That's one of the more annoying things for a child or a grown man to do. Okay, now I know, and I'll do that at the right times. <laughs> We do. We actually have figured a few things out over the years that are like, no, that's that's I don't find that funny. Don't do it. Tickling. Tickling is a rule for both of us. That's off the table. There's no tickling in this house. No, just because it's not. It's really fun for the tickler. But the tickly is like, I know I'm laughing right now, but I would break your nose if I could contain myself and direct this energy. I don't know if it's really fun for the tickler. but <laughs> <laughs> Like there's the top five things in life are. One, tickling someone. Two, For some people, if you come coasters. from a getting family like mine, I feel like tickling could be up there. Did you get tickled growing up? Oh, yes. I got everything growing uh, up. Yeah, all the practical jokes directed right here. I don't think I really got tickled by anyone. <laughs> yeah, but you guys aren't this, you weren't the same as the Harringtons. Like our sense of humor was the number one trait that we all shared you guys are all professional comedians. Professional pranksters. Yeah. Uncle Kevin was the the king. Yeah. We just followed his lead. Your dad's pretty good. <clears throat> yeah, he Dad and I also share in common that we laugh at our own jokes. I've seen that happen. Yes, yes you have. But yeah, the tickling rule that I'm trying to think if there's any other big rules. We, we we know, like, I get up earlier than you, so I like to have a couple of hours before I'm really ready to talk. I'm ready to go right away. You are, but, yeah, that's just different. More or less. More or less. So so this introduction's a little bit different this week because it's just the two of us, just the two of us. I keep singing. <laughs> look, look, you're laughing at your own joke. Look. I know. It happens. People will notice this about me now. You can go back and listen to episodes and be like, yeah, she does that a lot. Look, I'm singing she a funny song. She thinks she's so funny. Yeah. I'm really conscious not to laugh now. but So it's just the two of us here today, not to talk about that song, but to talk about your song. Yeah, we're going to dive into my song, my newly released single, In Your Head, which is out now. And I guess right off the bat... We might as well just play the song so we can play the song and then people know what we're referencing if they haven't heard it yet. That makes sense. So in three, two, one, go. Demons, cannons, and 
in your head and you can listen to it anywhere the music is and Chris and I don't even know what you're going to ask me about it but I'm I'm very curious. We're stepping into this like every interview where we're going to just see where we take one another. But I will start by saying that often we'll interview artists, musicians, that's a that's common here and we've certainly spoken to each other about our own craft but Never have we really boiled it down to a single song. Yeah. And I think what's important about this to me is for for people to really understand just how much effort, how much energy, how much intelligence, creativity, doubt, all of these things go into a single song that finds itself on a single album that becomes part of a single collection by a single band. You can kind of zoom out from that song and but it really deserves its own light and then you can listen to it on spotify and we get paid 0.003 cents well that, i mean that's really the reason that we're doing this yeah. we're hoping 200 people listen so that you can i don't know what could you even buy with that with 200 plays yeah. would pay you uh how many plays do you need cents? to make like Five dollars. A thousand plays is three dollars. Okay. <laughs> Ten thousand, uh, thirty, mm-hmm. hundred thousand, three hundred, a million, three thousand. 
Okay, so 100,000 plays would buy our groceries for the week. Yeah. Okay. So so maybe that's a good goal. Yeah, we're getting, we're just about at 10,000. So we'll be at 10,000 by the time this airs, which, mm. which uh, we can get into a lot of the, the streaming side of things. And obviously there's songs with billions of, of uh, spins. And we've had songs that if it gets added to a particular playlist can get 10,000 plays a day. An editorial a playlist. An editorial playlist. I learned um, this at Music Week this year. So right now our our plays are 100% organic, which is just our fans tuning in mm-hmm. and reaching that number for a, a band who's, I guess, our size in a couple weeks is, is pretty good. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. I would like to get on one of these playlists that kind of can boost us and grow our audience. So. Yeah. And how do you do that? You just hope for the best, yeah. really. Cross your fingers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll be releasing a bunch more new singles and we're essentially trying to show the algorithm, which is a machine learning tool that we have an organic reach and organic growth and that it's worth them putting one of these songs on a playlist. So so the algorithm will kind of turn its head towards you if it feels like organically people are paying attention yeah, to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. which, which we do have. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that we will get on there. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. But I would just like to find as many listeners out there that I possibly can. And I know that there's random people in Bend, Oregon, or Des Moines, Iowa, or wherever it may be, who would really like the song. They just haven't heard it, and they're not going to hear it unless it has those those type of opportunities. You have been playing music for 20-some years. You've yeah. been playing with the Town Heroes for 15 years, a little bit? Almost, yeah. Almost 15 years. Yeah. In my opinion... This song is unlike anything you've ever produced. Yeah, it's it's got a it's got a lot of different things happening in it and and you always hope that your newest creations are going to be your best and that all the things you learned throughout your your life and your career and your last recording and the last song you worked on the last the last everything is taken up to the current moment in time where you get to put this creation together and you can take all that knowledge and implement it into that. So for me, it's it's just been a process of learning how to do all these little things a little bit better, be a little bit better of a songwriter, be able to connect with an audience a little bit better. Every time I'm trying to learn more and more and how to how to put this into what I'm what I'm ultimately crafting and hope that it's just something that people can relate to. I've said on here a bunch of times, it's an artist's responsibility to make sense of our emotions. And with every song, I have to be aware of what I'm trying to capture and how that can be related back to my audience in a way that they can see it and and just kind of grasp it and just feel it and 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 connect with it i understand that you have that intention and the purpose of a song is to to serve that very thought that very intention 
But are you thinking about all of that while you're writing and being in the flow of that? Or do you feel like that's just at the subconscious level anyway? Yeah, well, it's like you learn to ride a bike. And at the very start, you're thinking of everything. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, I have to pedal. I have to hold on to the the handlebars and I have to balance it. And then all of a sudden you you fall sideways and you, you get up. You're like, okay, well, I have to pedal harder. I have to do this. I have to straighten it when I'm turning. I have to turn less or more. Whatever whatever it is you learn as you're going, then eventually you're riding the bike and you're not thinking of anything because it just becomes a part of you. Your, I guess it's your subconscious mind just knows how to do it. Your, your muscles have adapted in that way. Your mind just knows the, the quick little things that need to happen to stop on cue when you see a car coming or whatever it may mm-hmm. be. It's kind of the same with with songwriting. I'm I'm referencing all these things that I learned and at some point I would have had to think about it and I would have had to kind of just be able to take hold of that and learn how, learn how to do that, but over time that just becomes part of my process. That's a great example. There's there's muscle memory built in yeah. for this. Though it is I, I because I also have had the benefit of hearing some of the other songs that no one else has heard yet yeah. that are unreleased, and I know even your release plan is a little bit unique yeah. compared to previous albums. So I feel like something has shifted in your approach in your output. Something is different about this whole album from what I've heard about it so far. It's polished. It's elevated. It's very nuanced and. I understand that this is the culmination of all of your skills and experiences, but it's also curious that this is happening at like, yeah, 13, 14, 15 years in, because this could have happened at any juncture. But for whatever reason, it's like there's something special that has happened here. Well, I feel that it does take a long time to reach the point where you're able to to just, I can write a song now, like pretty quickly, and I'm very aware if it's good or bad. Like I'm able to judge that in a subjective way or objective way, I guess. <laughs> but I, th- I think since I'm, I'm self-taught, like I had to go through a lot of different, uh, big, big learning curves, and it isn't, it didn't just come immediately because there was just so much to learn, and I still have infinite amount to learn obviously but I, I remember when my my first band moved to Halifax and we were really keen we were really hungry to take in everything we could and we had a lot of raw talent but we were pretty shitty ultimately and we played a show at but we were one we were all self-taught five guys in a band 100% self-taught never been told to do anything YouTube didn't exist we just sat at home listening to songs and CDs or tape and try to play along with it in whatever instrument we were we were performing. And I remember moving to, and we didn't have music. Our school, Cape Breton, <laughs> the most musical place in the world. My school didn't even have music. Yeah, like I had to take fucking physics, like <laughs> <laughs> stupid physics. Yeah, what does that have to do with real life? <laughs> yeah, so. So yeah, we we're 100% self-taught and I remember playing a show and afterwards some guy laughing. These guys ever hear of a metronome? And I'm like, uh, no, what's nope. a metronome? 
and he's like trying to make fun of us. And I'm like, just, and then I like went and asked someone else what a metronome was. Like I'm 20 years old, never once heard of a metronome, which, which is funny. But if you grow up and the internet's not there, you don't have anyone showing you anything. How you find these things? So at age 20, I found out what a metronome was. And then I practiced one for hours at a time. Like I play for eight or 10 hours a day, just playing guitar, learning, learning how to be on time. And my whole career has been kind of a series of that. Mm -hmm. Not always someone at a bar, like laughing at you. And then you just take that. But kind of in a way, it, it really has been. It speaks to your approach. It speaks to who you are as a person, I would say. So, yes, this has been the experiences that you've had in the music industry. But you, Mike, are the person that shows up with that sense of determination and commitment and grit. And if you were a musician or a banker, you would show up with those qualities. Yeah, I I guess I've always approached everything I do in my life that way. And... I've been trying to do a lot of things over the last number of years. I want to be a great songwriter. I want to be a great performer. I want to be a great writer aside from songwriting as well. So, and I want to be great at studio work. So some people can focus on one thing and kind of grow faster maybe than I have at what I've done, but I'm spreading my, my talent or skill out in multiple ways and trying to get better at all of them so it is a slower process Mm -hmm. but i feel like all of them are growing like i feel like like i said again i can write a song pretty quickly and be pretty aware how how well it stacks with other songs i've written or how well stacks against other songs that exist out there and writing we released our first book together and that was a a learning process and i feel like i've grown from there and just over 20 years of spending time every day on a computer or notebook, just writing thoughts, writing my ideas, expanding on stories and just seeing where that will go when reading as many books as possible. I feel like it's just a process of slowly getting there. And the studio stuff is another thing where, yeah, there's, there's just so much you can learn in that world. And some, sometimes I'm like, Oh, I should just, whatever focus on just songwriting but then i love all these other things so i don't want to just not do something i love so i can be better at one thing i just want to grow at all of them this is a challenge we've talked about often in our house and i don't know if it's a an experience maybe more common for artists because we are we tend to be more curious people or observant and we want to have different ways to express that. Maybe we get bored easy. Who knows the reason? Maybe it's different for everybody. But I agree. We we like to think at least or we hope that all of these things that we dabble in, even podcasting, is slowly growing and that it's really they're all puzzle pieces that will eventually reveal yeah. this, this landscape for us and yeah podcasting is another one too i didn't <laughs> yeah. even mention that like that's what we're doing right yeah, now this exact is a thing. huge part of our life too. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yeah it's it's just again i think we're just attracted to the things that we tr- that truly do bring us joy and we want to do well at them we want to enjoy them and and for us, they are our career. So we have to 
we have to make a living at them. So we have to, we have to be good at them. And that's an, another thing. Like I'm 40, about to be 41 in a couple weeks. Christmas Eve. Yeah, Christmas Eve. Woo. And uh, two presents is better than one, everybody, for someone who's born on a Christmas or Christmas Eve. Not in Christmas wrap. Okay. Yeah. And at this point in my life, I'm like probably halfway through my life and I... I've always taken everything I do very seriously, but this is a point where I can really, I can look back at my past and I can recognize what, what didn't work for me. And I have enough life experience to really lean on that and, and just look at the good, look at the bad and just know, yeah, know what worked and what didn't and gravitate towards the good. And again, yeah. 41 soon that's crazy uh i just i just have to i have to make it work if if it doesn't work then i don't have anything else i can do like i don't i don't know what my other options are you are making it work and you don't need other options so that part is something we don't need to concern ourselves with yeah we've had the benefit now of interviewing lots and lots of people from different backgrounds different creative expressions, different experiences. Many of them comment on the importance of knowing themselves as a way to curate good work. Do you feel like that is true for you? And do you know yourself? I think I know myself better than I ever have Mm -hmm. because I've put in the effort to get there. And you, you know who you are at every point in your life, but you don't really, unless you take the effort to actually think about, think about it, you're just, you're just existing on your, what you think you are. Like we've talked about values on here before and I, I innately and just inside me know what my values are, but to, to actually think about them, and go through the exercise of determining what they are that that can really show what you actually stand for and it's not like whatever there's a a drowning kid and i i have to think do i value a child's life of course you, mm-hmm. you react it's back st- to that instinct or muscle memory yeah, feeling yeah you, you react you you react your va- values are a way that you react in certain situations and it's just that's how you exist in life, I think. But but to but to step back and look at yourself kind of from that that outside perspective mm. helps you to kind of get to know yourself. And I think that that is helpful in in creation. And that sentence found itself in this song. Step back and yeah, yeah. that's true. That, that was unintentional. I know. I picked that up, though. Yeah, you're smart. How has knowing yourself now being reflected in this song? I mean, there was a bit of a Freudian slip there in in you really saying one of the lyrics unintentionally. So this is obviously just your stream of consciousness. But how have those dots connected of this is who I am, this is what my values are, what I represent, and it's found its way into the lyrics of this new song? I think I've always wanted to help other people and even if it's just a small way like maybe i write a song and it 
makes you happy or you, you, I put out a funny video and you're laughing. Like I just, I've always liked just being able to have a platform that can do that in the smallest of ways. And with this song and at this point in my life, you realize that every single person out there has kind of gone through something hard at some point in their life. And a lot of people now more than ever in the history of humanity are suffering from from anxiety, depression, all the all those bad things and a lot of people who are actually suffering from it might not even realize what's what's the root of all this and when you step back and look at it you realize there's nothing really that serious there and that's not to take away from people who are suffering from serious things but a lot of the times there are very small things that we're, we get worked up over that are, that are bothering us. We, what is that sound? George. It's George clawing at a door somewhere. It's always George. A helicopter went by and then George clawed at the door. That's okay. We're, we're at home. We roll with it this yeah. way. But it's... It, the song is about, yeah, just trying to not let these little things bother us. And it'll, it happens to everybody at some point. You, you you get cut off in traffic and you think it's the end of the world. But at the end of the day, is that really that important? Like, it's about those things. Like, again, obviously there's very serious stressors in people's lives. And this is about trying to just step back and not let those those small things add up to become something monumental in the end. Is it a song that you felt you needed to hear? Uh I guess it was just what I was thinking at the time. Like again, trying to use the platform in a positive way and to use my voice in a way that can the maybe benefit other people and the song is a fun song like if you don't even listen to the lyrics like you can just have fun listening to the song but i like to have things that touch on multiple levels like i've I've always like having a song that maybe is really fun sounding and you can just take it for that this is fun but you dive into the lyrics and there might be something a little bit more and then if you look at maybe another line in the lyrics, maybe that's referencing something else in another song or maybe references a place. Or a, I just like to get people's minds going and thinking and going down. Because like, I like it myself. I like to be able to go down a rabbit hole. Why did the singer say this in this song? And then I'll look up maybe a book they reference and what is the significance of that to that songwriter and then look into that author and how they connect and what, what it all means and... I like creating narratives in that way. And ultimately with this song, I just want people to look at themselves. And if if that's what you want to do, if you're listening to the lyrics and wondering, what does this mean? How do I relate to it? It's, yeah, lo- look at your, your own life and kind of view out, get that 30,000 foot view perspective where you can look down at yourself and do you have... Do you have uh, friends and family that are supportive in your life? Do you have uh, a home that you live in? It, is it, uh, are you, do you feel safe? Like when we have these needs met, like 
ultimately our life is better than most of the population throughout human history. And yeah, obviously things bother us. Like you, you get stuck in traffic, you go to the grocery store and they don't have your favorite kind of cheese. Like the, these things are, are real, but they are problems that a lot of people in the world would just kill to have. It is an invitation for listeners to reflect on their own life. I find the style of it, the detail of it, is very representational of you. And and that's something that I think you can speak to. Yes, uh, this is something maybe I was experiencing or I've observed others experiencing, but I have the benefit of knowing you probably better than anyone else. Yeah. And your art has this very curious, interesting, unique intersection of humor and entertainment. It's fun. You can dance to it, but there's often these serious or cryptic undertones to it. That's kind of how you are as a person. Not everybody gets to see those extremes in you like I would, but maybe that's what makes this song, in my eyes, feel so different because of where you are in your life now. Like you are a different person than when I met you and hopefully I am too. I mean, that's part of growth and learning, but for that to be reflected in such an accurate way of how I see you as a man now is actually quite brilliant. And I I don't know that that was your intention, but that's in, in my eyes, what makes it just chef's kiss. Well, I'm, I'm glad you like the song and you... And I like you. ...like me and you see the interconnectivity between who I am and how it's woven into the songs. <laughs> and I think that's just inevitable because if you're writing from a place of just being a genuine person and writing about what you're experiencing, that's going to seep into your songs. And I could go write a song right after this about, like, pick a topic. I can can write a song about it, but it doesn't mean I can relate to it. Mm -hmm. Like, I can just make up a story about anything. A guy who wore the same hat his whole life, and he eventually, the hat... uh, molded to his head and couldn't come off or moldy hat man 2024 so you can just make up a story and write it and it can still be an awesome song but i like to write songs from from myself from my lived experience from what's what it is that i'm thinking what it is i'm experiencing and if and i'm just one human on this planet of eight billion people and I know that everyone else out there feels maybe not the exact same thing as me, but something similar. And that is kind of why I like to write in that way, because you know that there's other people out there who can relate to it. And that's why like, I want to find that audience in Des Moines, in Bend, in every place in the world where they exist. Like, I, th- I think the song is good enough that it's, should have a home in in all these places so it and i know that humans are humans and they've experienced these these same things that i have so they can relate to it and people like to to dance and have fun these are all things that yeah 
are just part of the human experience. And yeah, I just want to find find the audience. I have a great audience, of course, like the mm-hmm. best people in the world. But I just know, like, we go to a, we were in San Diego at a national concert. And I'm like, if I could somehow just get my music to these 6,000 people here, I guarantee you that at least 60% would probably like it. Some would love it. Some wouldn't like it. But I know just this is a style of music I like. And I know that we're we're not exactly like that band, but it's kind of, there's similarities there, and it just how do you reach these people? It's uh, that that's the the hardest thing, like writing a song, recording it, putting it out, finding your existing audience to 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 listen to it is I don't want to say easy, but it's what I've been doing. It's just continuing to expand. And find the new audience and find the new homes is is where where I'm kind of at with it now. The song is worthy of the masses and of the big stadiums, of the global reach. Ooh. But it was born in quite the opposite environment. Tell us about that. It was born in a pretty interesting way, actually. I have a lot of dreams with songs playing in them. Like asleep dreams yeah yeah i'm dead asleep yeah and dreams can mean like aspirations too so i just wanted to clarify yeah so i am often laying in bed asleep and i'll wake up in the middle of a dream and either i'm playing a song or someone else is playing a song i'm at a concert and i woke up this one day one night in the middle of the night and I had this riff in my mind. I'll, I'll just play I, the voice memo right now. So I went to the bathroom and I didn't want to wake you up and I just hum, hum the riff that was in the song in my dream and it's it's this. Dream riff. Boom, 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 boom. And that, as you can hear, is base is the exact riff that became in your head. And some people might be like, Oh, that's lucky of you to be able to just dream of songs, but I'm thinking of this 24-7. It's not like I just woke up, oh, here's another song. Like I'm going to bed thinking of ideas. I'm thinking of music all the time. I'm listening to songs 24-7. I'm in the studio nonstop. Like music is just Yeah, you can see me. how that would happen. But like I had a dream about Jim Carrey's face being on a sneaker that was chasing me around in an attic. Like, I don't know. That's Maybe I should paint that. But yeah, good. It is, there is somewhat of a, a gift there that this happened. So yeah, I woke, woke up, captured the voice memo that you just heard, and I'm like, that, that is a song. Like, part of being an artist is being able to recognize a story or an idea. This is, these are the good ones. You have to be able to pick up on what, what is real. Like, because I've had lots of dream songs that aren't good, and in the moment, I captured that, and 
the next day when I listen to it, I'm like, this this is a good one. Are any of your other existing songs an outcome of a dream? Um, yes, I can't think of which ones right now. But yeah, they, but this has are. happened before, yeah. and you've just ran with it, recognizing yeah. there there's something yeah. here. And the funny thing is, if you don't capture it in the exact the exact moment when you wake up, it it you'll never think of it again. Mm-hmm. That's happened to me multiple times where I'll lay there and I'm whatever for some reason my phone's not nearby or I'm just too tired to get up and I'll hum the song to myself for whatever the next half an hour and I have it just ingrained in my mind. Okay, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to work on this idea. But unless I record it, it just disappears. So I recorded this voice memo of me humming this bass riff and I knew, I recognized this can become something. And I just started to mess around i started making little demos and trying to figure out how how the vocal melody would line up with this and i tried a million different things just trying to get that get that that hook that could really get into your head i guess and i'll, I'll play a couple right now just to show the progression of it So that was the very first one that I came up with, and it's close, uh, but it's not not what it became. Because this this is a song that's again, you I knew that it could be something really good, and I I knew that I had to give the the song the attention that it deserved i couldn't just come up with something like oh this melody is pretty good let's let's go with that i'm like i have to have the perfect melody so it was just days days weeks walking around trying to get the melody not even thinking about lyrics like i'm just humming nonsense like that's in most of my um melodies and early lyrics it just it's just not even real words. Like there might be a few words that come in there and then that might become part of the song. And I think that happened with this. So let me check out another voice memo. Step back and take a little look at what you think is your own reality. Step back and take a little look at what you're thinking is your reality. Step back and take a little look at what you're thinking. Your head is your reality. Your head, you're in your head, in your head. And yeah, I think that's where in your head at the end of the 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 phrase came, and I kept playing with that, and it was just uh, I didn't even know what the song was about at the, this point. It's just kind of. The melody was the main thing, getting the... So the bass line first comes to you in a dream. Yes. And then you spend some time kind of developing the melody from there. Yeah. Going for walks, mulling it over. Yeah. And and then do the lyrics come next? Yeah, and the... the or, and- or, sorry, no, I want to... Because this is where I want to... I want to stop you based on what you just said before that... Do the lyrics come next or does the idea for what you want it to be about come before you start writing? 
the idea often comes in the rambling, like in the nonsensical words. Okay. Sometimes something comes up and like, okay, that's what I'm going to base the entire song around. And sometimes it doesn't work because the feel isn't right. Like this song was really fun. And I'm like, do I write a, f- this is a party song? Mm-hmm. And at the start, that's where it was going. It was, I don't remember what the wor- lyrics were, but it was like some something fun, not not a like philosophical uh, th- rant about the human condition. It was uh, more like, let's have fun. Mm-hmm. Water wings and slip and slides. Yeah. yeah. Water wings and, and slip and, and slides. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it just, it was. I didn't know, I knew it was going to end with In Your Head, and I didn't know what that would be. So I just had to had to work with it and see where it kind of took itself. And again, I was going to say earlier that every song comes about a different way. This isn't how, I, I don't know if any other song came in this exact way, but this one is its own own unique story in history. And I didn't have any lyrics for it other than, I think, the step back and the in your head. And I didn't know what the song was really about until I hiked into your dad's hunting camp in Roxbury. So this is just in the middle of absolutely nowhere. I had to walk seven kilometers to get in in the the snow. snow. Yeah, last January. And there's no electricity, no running water. I'm getting my water from a well. I'm scared of coyotes. <laughs> it was, I wrote, so I wrote the song under the light of a kerosene lantern where I had, I had this riff. I had the, uh, the melody by this point figured out where I wanted to go. And then it was just fitting the words in and I just sat there and it just came out like so easy. It's a romantic story. Yeah, it comes to it comes to me in a dream. I frig around with it for for weeks, and then it gets finished in the under the light of candles in a hunting shack in the Annapolis Valley. It is a pretty magical little building in there. Yeah, little hunting camp with a lot of history. A lot of songs have been shared in there probably had a few more pops in their guts before (laughs) uh singing but i wrote wrote three songs that night actually yeah like in your head and two more from the album that have not yet been released not yet been released yeah it was just i don't know like i didn't i had my phone but i was only using that for telling you Me i was alive forcing you to yeah. t- you're like yeah i don't even think i'll take my phone and i'm like no you're taking your phone <laughs> and you're checking in with me a couple times a day but yeah i use it a lot for voice memos like just track like once i got the song down i'm like oh this is this is perfect like i can i just recorded so i'd remember how it went and and technology is very good for that but step stepping away from actual like social media and all that was was kind of what I needed to get those those three songs completely finished. Was getting out of your head a way to contribute to writing in your head? <laughs> I think definitely. Mm-hmm. Like every more like cuz if I don't have the fire going, I'm going to freeze. If I don't go out to the well and throw the bucket in and pull it up, I'm not going to have any water. It's these things become 
what you have to focus on. And rather than focusing on all those little things like that often bog us down, I'm like, this is, I'm perfectly fine here. I have food, I have water, I have heat, I have endless supply of wood here. I don't need anything more. And that's kind of where the premise of the song came from. Yeah, it's like, symbolic of the lyrics in yeah, a lot of ways. Like, we don't need that much. We don't have to have a mansion. If you have a place you live where you're you're comfortable in it, then it, you can call it home. Then why do you need 26 bedrooms and 40 bathrooms? Like, just a home is a home, and you can make it whatever you want to be. And, again, I'm not trying to take away from, like, there's a lot of, people in tough situations out there but this is kind of about yeah we we don't we don't need to keep we talked about the hedonic treadmill on here where you get one thing you keep trying to strive to get the next and whether that's in your career or whatever i buy a guitar and i'm like oh i want this better guitar or i have this computer that works fine well iphones are a good example like iPhone 6 is probably as good as anyone really ever needs, but people they just keep making new ones and people line up to to buy the latest greatest new one, but if they just stopped it wouldn't really matter. Like you can still call people, you can still take a picture, you can still download a podcast, but we just feel like we have to get the newest thing for some reason and that's because we are humans are kind of trained to be that way. And this is kind of, yeah, let's let's not worry about those things. Let's just be grateful for the things that we do have in our lives. I understand that every song is created differently, or that's yeah. been your experience. Having been in the woods in solitude, more or less, yeah, and written three songs that are different and edgy, do you feel like there's something to be said for revisiting that environment or did it feel like oh. a fluke? Like how does that factor into your thinking now? Oh, it's it's necessary for me. And well, we talked about it recently, uh, how I said I'd I'd like to go in there more and part of it is just to step away and it's not like oh I I got to go in because because I can write songs. Mm-hmm. It's I can go in and create an environment where I can step away from a lot of the things that I don't have to really, I shouldn't be worrying about. And that will create this environment where maybe songs happen or maybe I just can just find peace and sitting in the woods or whatever it may be. So yeah, it's not just solely as a songwriting adventure. It's more to just take that step back. Do you think that we create the circumstances to allow for that state of mind enough? Me and you or humans? Both. Uh, humans, 100% not. We, we don't. Like, most people are just in a rush all the time. Most people are addicted to their phones. Most people just aren't aren't sitting back and kind of observing their surroundings and what's happening around them. And like, there's a lot of really bad things happening in the world right now. And a lot of people don't really pay attention to it because they're not a part of it. And 
that that is kind of a confusing thing. Like if you if you are aware of everything, there is a lot of bad things happening. So yeah, that that's kind of a, a fine line to 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 navigate. It is, yeah. I, I know what you mean. Even we're often given the advice just not to watch the news. But there's yeah. a sense of guilt in also not paying attention to others who are suffering out there. And is there something that we can do or, or be aware of? Yeah, it's like I'm not going to stop the war in the Middle East just by saying something on social media. Mm-hmm. But some some people want to be very active on there because they think maybe that's how they can reach other people and maybe they can and the more people that come together, maybe that will have an effect. For for me, it's more just trying to be a good person every day in my life, and maybe that will have a ripple effect in a positive way. And write songs that can maybe have people look at themselves or look at their surroundings in a certain way. And yeah, I, I know like my songs aren't going to change the fabric of humanity, but maybe it can change a few people and have some positive uh, spinoffs from there where every, yeah, our podcasts, like we've, we've heard from people whose lives have been changed because of it. We have a zoom call with one later today. Yeah. Um, it's just trying to put out that good into the world. And that's at the end of the day, that's all we can do. Like, pick up your garbage when you're camping. There's like a list of things you should probably do and also just be kind to other people. And so the part B to that question is whether or not you feel you and I are practicing that state of mindfulness ultimately in our own life. Um, Not enough, but I think we're, we're trying to be aware of that and, and do it more. And we're trying to work that into our our professional life. Like coming up, we we didn't talk about it yet, but we have some podcast news we will be sharing, which will be taking us on trips. And we love traveling. That is a time when we get to escape from a lot of the the things that can bog us down. So combining that with another aspect of our life that we we love and is part of our our survival is something we figured out how to combine and able to do both of them at once. I think that's something for us to really dig into and maybe talk about more sometime is we both share this passion for travel. I would almost argue as much as being creative people. It's just something in our blood and I feel fortunate that you understand that about me. And I know that you do because you share that passion. Yeah. And part of, I think, the euphoric feeling we have traveling is because we are separate from our lives. And I've heard people talk about create a life that you don't need to vacate. Mm -hmm. So as to say, you don't need a vacation if your day to day doesn't make you feel like you need to get away from it. I feel very privileged and happy and content in our life it's not as though we live every day just doom and gloom by any stretch like quite far from that actually we have so much joy and fun and happiness and friends and food like things that a lot of people don't 
But there is something for us, I think, to consider of the contrast in how much better we feel when we can put our phones in airplane mode, when we can just truly be on an adventure and exploring. Like there's something about that for you and I that lights us up differently than any other experience we have. Well, we like we like new experiences and being stepping outside of what we know. And yeah, just stepping. It doesn't mean we, we want to vacate our life. It's just we need new experiences to be able to create. We need new experiences to be inspired, to be able to connect with other people. Like if we just stayed in Nova Scotia, we might not understand how other people live or how other people experience life and all those little connections we've made in our travels are just showing us other humans and other other people's lives and how they exist and we are able to implement that into what it is we create. I'm gra- I'm glad that you shared this perspective on it and I was hoping that you would. And I'm thinking back to us recently being in San Diego at this national concert and on the subway ride home we were sitting across from a couple that kind of looked like us in a way. Like they reminded <laughs> us of ourselves, like they were around our age and, you know, we wore a lot of dem- denim and black, as you often do to a rock show, yeah. uh, Scott and Dakota yeah. were their names. And we struck up a conversation and we talked the whole way home. They ended up just getting off at our subway stop with us. They invited yeah. us out for a drink. We closed the bar down and we've kept in touch with them since. Yeah. It's those kinds of human connection experiences that we tend to have when we're separated from our day-to-day life, in my eyes, that that's the bread and butter to what we try to create, be it through a song or a painting, but more so the experience of it all. And yeah. that that's just a quick story or a quick example, but that's like the linkage, I would say, between the state of mind we're in and the product that we produce. Yeah, we... If we could, if I could be creating while I'm traveling, I'd I'd love that too. And I have, we have done lots of writing, like while we're away. Mm-hmm. Um, I typically, don't bring my guitar because it costs too much to travel with yeah. one, and we're and we're ve- running through airports. Yeah, and, yeah. But I I'd love to be able to travel and okay, let's go to whatever LA for this week and I can work on songs there. I can maybe track some demos or do some recording while I'm there. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to step, I'm not trying to step away from my creative life. It's just for me, it's more, yeah, just kind of getting content. Mm-hmm. Like the content is in those human connections, like meeting Scott and Dakota it's going to Columbia to an artist residency and meeting Joshua and his family and yeah. realizing that this kid is dying and we can do something about it because we have even a small platform of awesome people who support us and this kid is alive and well because we were able to we were there at that time and able to help out. Yeah, it's all these little moments that you can you can't really find when you're in your 
your head. home stay <laughs> when you're in your head and when you when you just stay in one place all the time. Yeah. Obviously, you can be in one place and have an awesome life and awesome connections and relationships and all that, of course. But stepping outside and just experiencing different cultures and different different just ways that people see the world. Like I think one of the biggest things of traveling is to realize that the way you live your life is not the only way. Yeah. And that really opens up your your mind. Like because we come we come from small towns and everyone's pretty much the same in them. And that's a good thing. Like the best people in the world. But growing up I thought like whatever, New York was incredibly dangerous and Mexico was all drug cartel people who will cut your hands off mm-hmm. and and you go and you meet people in New York who are super friendly and yeah. People in Mexico who only cut off your baby toe, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how much our lived experience is different than what we were brought up to believe yeah. in so many of these places. Yeah, Colombia, well, it was a very dangerous place at one point, but they're a very proud nation. Mm-hmm. They're trying their hardest to show that they're not what they were in the past. Like it's... I don't know, like if people make, I'm from Cape Breton, people make fun of Cape Breton all the time. And I feel like it's part of my responsibility to show them like, yeah, we're, we're smart. We're a, Mm -hmm. we're a talented bunch of people. Like there's amazing people from this island. We're not just all funny drunks or whatever, which the stereotypes often lead people to believe. Yeah. And like, that's a stereotype about Colombians. Like they're all in drug cartels and all that. Like we met the nicest people in the world there and they do anything for you. Yeah, exactly. So you have a dream. Yeah. You f- develop a melody. You write the lyrics under Kerosene Lantern. Yeah. Let's talk about the studio production now. Yeah. So I want to I wanna ask who's involved in this song? Where did it record? How did you bring this together? So... We demoed the song first. So the, my band, me and Bruce, we I sent a version of the the track to Bruce once once I had it, had the lyrics and had had the the arrangement all figured out, and uh, we started working on bringing the the drum part to life. So we went to our friend Jay Hallowell's studio and just kind of hashed out every little part, um, how it would go how they'd flow together and we created a demo there. And if a demo is essentially tracking the song, all the parts of it, the quality doesn't matter at all, but you're tracking it all before you go into the studio. So when you go into the studio, you're very prepared. Mm-hmm. Like I've got the tempo of the song figured out. I know I'm going to be playing these guitar parts. Um, this is how the vocals go, and often at times demos can show any problem areas, like whatever you get to a certain part in the song, and the tempo feels like it should speed up, and you you figure these things out before you go to track it because you're ultimately you're saving money as well, like you're you're putting the time in to to figure out all the nuances of a song, and this is called the pre-production stage. So we did this at uh, our buddy Jay's place, and I recorded some of the tracks here. And then I could listen to the song, like an actual recording of it. 
and like yeah this this is gonna work this is is not every, every idea is captured like there's still magic that will happen in the studio but listen back to the demo and like okay this is a good start for it and uh yeah the next step after demoing is to actually track it like you want to work out all those kinks beforehand and so we went up to cape breton we wanted to track uh a lot of it in Cape Breton. That's where we're both from and our, our home island. And there's a little magic in the air there. And we have a buddy, Mike Sheppy, at a studio, Lakewind, in uh, Point of Coney, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere. And that's exactly what we wanted to do. So we went there and tracked as much as we could in a week. And so all the drums were done. I recorded the bass, a lot of the guitars. And that, yeah, a week straight in Sydney, stayed, uh, I stayed in Sydney, drove to the studio back and forth out to Point of Coney, tracked with our good buddy Sheppy, um, loved every minute of it, then came back to this studio and started to, to put all the final touches on it, the, the overdubs we call it. So I'm playing any additional guitar tracks, maybe doubling some parts. Um, uh, all the all the little nuances. I played the synth parts here for the song. I uh, were the vocals done. I did all the vocals here. Yeah, are vocals always last? They don't have to be. Okay. Like in the so with the demo that we recorded, we used that. So we when we went into the studio, we I brought the demo sessions in. So Bruce was playing to what was already there. We just took out the drums and Bruce is playing to my demoed guitar bass vocals. So we use them as a template to to guide the track. Mm-hmm. So like I'll, so we took out the drums and Bruce played the drums over top. Then I took out the bass and I played the bass to replace what was in the demo. You play bass on this. I play bass on a lot of the recordings mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. I don't really consider myself a bass player at all like i've never practiced the bass once in my life but uh but the bass line's pretty prominent in this yeah, song it's because it came into me in a dream there you go so i i had to play it because mm-hmm. it, it was my dream line and the vocals too you figured out the other night that you switch two full octaves yes in a couple of parts of the song well the the last note in the verse jump and the first note in the chorus is a two octave shift which Celine Dion over here (laughs) it's it's it is hard to do it could because the 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 vocals in the verse are pretty low um give me pass me that second guitar there this yeah I'm just picking up a guitar for all you folks I just want to get the key of it so You've been running to a fire in the backwoods Dodging demons, cannons, and the knives you can see You think it's real cause you feel it in your insides Who question human anatomy So there's the last note mm-hmm. Last note in the, in the verse Anatomy And then rather than going step back which would be an octave up yeah so you can hear that note anatomy step but i go step anatomy step 
back and take a little look at what you're... It's a totally different song. Yeah. With that octave change. Yeah. That is what makes it a party song, too. Because when you guys played this at the marquee, that was the part of the song where I thought, I need to look around and see how people are grooving right now. Because for me... That's there's just something special about it. There's something that happens in you where you're it's almost like your eyes get wider and yeah. and then it just keeps rolling from there. Uh, I mean, it opens with this kind of groovy bass line and people are dancing and it, it just creates some of this like I wa- wonder I wonder what's going to what's going to happen here. And then it ends with Tori, which we'll get to. Yeah. But that that switch, that octave switch, me not having a trained ear, even then still notice something about it that's different. It's like a dog's ears that perk up. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it is a a drastic shift and I'm lucky that I have a fairly big vocal range so I'm able to to do stuff like that. It doesn't it is a challenging song to sing because you have to be able to sing low and high at the same time and a really quick shift like that can can be hard to do so i gotta be on my game to make sure i can i can nail it but the 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 chorus came first in the song in terms of the writing so it it that was always the key that that was going to be in and then coming up with the verse parts You've been running through a fire in the backwoods. I that was just me being in the woods. In yeah, ro- literally in, doing in that in Roxbury. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's try, trying about being stepping away from those. Uh, I, I list like demons and knives and all these things, but that's just like yeah, the modern stressors of life, and. Yeah, the the melody. I can't. So, there's really sometimes there's really hard songs to play and sing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like uh, "Come as You Are" by Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Like f- for whatever reason, I can't. And a lot of people can't play and sing that at the time, just because the the melody is between the beats of do 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 do. Um. So you have the spaces between are kind of confusing and just. And this song, I like. I can, I'm like, I can't play that bass line and sing at the same time. I gotta. I could if I really practice it, but I don't need to. <laughs> so yeah. I uh, I think I wanted to kind of just ease up in the verses and just kind of like I'm playing some strummy guitar, and I can sing whatever I want there, whatever feels like it will lead into the chorus best. So I'm like, yeah, let's just let's drop it down a little bit and see how that flows. And yeah, at the end of the day, I'm like, I think it works. So let's let's roll with it. And Tori Cameron. Yeah, Tori, longtime uh, sessional bass player for us, uh, plays live with us. Uh, great singer, sings sings live as well. And I wanted to have her do harmonies on the album and uh brought her in this is the first song she sang on and so in the vocal in the choruses sorry there's uh gang vocals like i i do the step back part like i don't know a dozen times myself doing the high octave step back and also step back and take so i'm blending these two octaves of my own voice Mm -hmm. and 
a bunch of them, so it gives this choral effect. But I'm like, okay, we got to have at least one other voice in there. So I got Tori to do it like four times or something. So whatever, there's 16 voices singing the choruses. <clears throat> and uh, we were at the the song. We we finished. There's only the chorus happens twice in the song. I'm like, okay, that's that's it. And I just had something envisioned in my mind where a female voice was just belting at the end. I didn't know what it was. And I was thinking of, uh, what's the Rolling Stones song? Um, get away, shut up. I forget how it goes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> there's this, uh, <laughs> there's this voice at the end. It's just like the most powerful part of the song. Just a shot away. Is that how it goes? I yeah. forget. I know which one you mean. We might be the only two people in the world, but I'm with you. <laughs> you can look it up. I always sing songs. You're like, no, not, don't know what you're doing. Well, I love the Stones. I don't, I don't really listen to the Stones. Like, I'll listen to them yeah, like, and, we don't and know appreciate their discography them. well. <clears throat> but you know the, it's just a shot away. I think that's how it goes. Yeah. Anyway, I wanted something like that. Like, the song is essentially done and we're jamming out and I wanted this voice to be, uh, saying something about in your head. And I just said, Tori, do you want to, do you got any ideas here? And you were in the house during the tracking and she, she, the whole house was basically shaking because she was so. Did she come up with this? Was this Tori's idea? Like for what she would say and how she would sing it? Sorry, well, I, how just, she would I, sing? I said, just, I don't know what it is. I want something like really powerful at the end saying yeah. in your head. I don't know what the melody line is. And I just kind of turned it over to her and she just started to sing. And we we did a few different takes and like that's. I was on a Zoom call in our bedroom, which is at the opposite end of the house with the door shut, two doors shut. And the Zoom call heard her vocals. (laughs) Yeah, And she was in this. There might have even been three doors closed between you and I at that point. But it was just. I didn't know what you were working on. I didn't know, you know, hadn't been exposed to the song in its entirety yet, but it was so powerful. And when you guys sang this song at the marquee uh, for your for your release show of the song with uh, yeah. your great lineup, which we'll talk about too, but I didn't know if Tori was going to go for that note yeah. live because it's not a walk in the park to hit yeah. that. I don't know that people really appreciate the physical effort that's involved in singing, yeah. in particular to hit notes like that. And she's just a demon up there. Yeah. I mean, you all were, but that's a it it's it makes it puts the bow on the package of mm. this song. And I know that she is singing harmonies in some of your other upcoming songs on yeah. this album, and have the same feeling about it. Like there's there's a sweet spot that you've. You've all come together to collaborate on. Yeah. And then on the, on this recording for In Your Head, like she came up with this awesome vocal part. Like, that's amazing. And on the recording, if you listen to it with headphones, the, the the vocals at the end are actually panning back and forth. Yes. So it's technically like circling through your head. Which the fr- Yes, which is brilliant. Okay, I want to talk about this because it's something that people can, now that they know this, can be paying attention to. Yeah. It's such a creative way of, like you say, it's it's actually rotating is how it feels while you're listening to it because of the way that you're panning it. 
the first time you played this for me with the panning, I was like, I don't get it because I'm deaf in my left ear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was only hearing bits and pieces of it, but the concept I love. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, that was like, that was, I feel like that's the climax of the song right there. Like, it's kind of almost separate from the song at the same time, but it's also the most important part of it. It's the, it kind of is the conclusion of the message. It just sends it home. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing I want to ask you about for this song is yeah. your album art. Yeah. And because I know that the, the, the single artwork, art, the yeah. single art, sorry. I know that the single art got a lot of attention. Yeah. And I thought it might be worth just having a conversation about how this came to be. And we'll take the conversation from there. Yeah. Well, part part of the reason why it went this route is because I'm trying to save money. Mm-hmm. Like, we, what route? Uh, uh, the AI route. Mm-hmm. That's how I made it. I just found a free site online. I typed in uh, "song in your head single art." And the first result was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I just did that like 40 times until I got one that I liked. And I'm like, this is as good as anything any artist alive will ever make. It's beautiful. And what I think is very cool about this, and we've talked a lot on this podcast about AI, and it's not going to be the end of it. Mm -hmm. Because this is part of the artist world now. And there's debate going on about, is it art and who owns it? And is it cheating? And, And all these different nuances to it. But... It it's almost like a collaboration you did with technology. Yeah, it wasn't uh it didn't just happen right away. Like I had to change the prompt a few times and like it multiple times it was multiple heads and Yeah. And yeah, it was just kind of just communicating with it and coming up with something that I liked. Like most of them weren't weren't awesome, but uh you kind of just have to know how to work with it to to get there do you are you familiar i wrote this down actually so i'm looking at my notes here are do you know the producer brian grazer he's he's like he's i think he's won like 60 oscars or something insane but he did the movie splash which i loved when i was a kid uh with uh tom hanks but the reason i bring this up is because i was listening to him be interviewed on another podcast this morning particularly about ai Mm-hmm. And he was arguing that if you are a creative person, and he almost corrected himself like, well, if you're any person, really, his whole thing is about curiosity. He's written books on this and how it's helped him in his career. And he said, AI, in his opinion, is the single most important topic for artists to be thinking about. The yeah. relationship to it, how they feel about using it in their work. And there's really no right or wrong here. There are strong opinions being developed, but it's really so individual how you use it in your work or you don't. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what I think is really cool about this single art is how, again, it felt like such a collaboration that you had. We've talked about AI being a tool, 
Uh, this is artificial intelligence. We say we throw around a- the acronym a lot, or the uh, Alan with the, Iverson. Maybe, yeah. There's Alan lots of memes. A- well, Alan Iverson's nickname is AI, and right. there's memes like AI is going to replace whatever five hundred thousand jobs, and shows a picture of Alan Iverson, yeah. the basketball <laughs> the player. Like, why would he do this to us? Oh my gosh! But I just, yeah, I wanted to quickly let you have that conversation, I guess, with with listeners because. You get a lot of compliments. It's beautiful, beautiful yeah. work and something that, yeah, either would have cost $10 million. It wouldn't have been ready on time for when you needed to release the single. There's well, a lot of different reasons that you can use that tool. Essentially doing everything myself here anyway. I might as well use things that are yeah. giving me a little little uh, boost. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's beautiful. I love it. Uh, let's wrap with why, why does this song matter? Why is it important to be in the world? What do you want people to take from it? Well, I just want people to enjoy it ultimately. And whether that's coming to a show and dancing to it and just having, having fun just because the song is catchy, that's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like at the start, we said the, the the theme of it is is that step back from your your everyday life, taking that thirty thousand view perspective, and and realizing that the little things that bother us typically aren't often that big a deal, and we can just be be happier. We can be ourselves and just enjoy what we do have, and yeah, don't sweat the small stuff. Mm. And you have played it live, and it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. People loved it. That was such a good complimentary lineup that you had at the Marquee yeah. with Jackson Weldon, Skunk Motel, and Elise Aaron. Former guests. All former podcast guests. And you all have just been rising, rising in the ranks this year. You just won Best Band in the Coast. Ooh. And I know that you, you're taking a little different approach in this next album release. Do you want to talk about how people can expect to hear the songs from this new album? Yeah, there's going to be a lot of singles coming out. Mm-hmm. So the plan is to release probably five singles, five more singles in addition to In Your Head. Yeah, just a, a, a lot of people release an album and it just there's a buzz about it for a certain amount of time. Then it just kind of fades away into the into the swash of millions of releases i saw a stat recently how many songs are released on spotify every day and it's just mind-blowing how many songs are out there Mm -hmm. so this is to try to really just highlight each song on it and it also puts the the onus on us to come up with really good songs like you can't like in the past like there was the 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 hits and then the filler like yeah but we're we're going. Some forty one had the album all killer, no filler. That's what we're trying to go for. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just to try to highlight the songs and give them a better chance of survival out there in the wild. I think it's such a smart approach. I've had, I've heard so many people talk about this being. I think this might be the Town Heroes' best song ever. Mm. And you've got a lot of lot of songs out there. Yeah, so I think you're taking like a, a great approach to this. It's something new. It's fresh. It's catchy. It's dancey. I absolutely love it. And I think that it really deserved an hour and a half conversation yeah. to, to learn how it came to be. So thank you for sharing the behind the scenes. 
Congratulations. Thank you. And I hope that it does reach those masses that uh, we know that it deserves. Bend and Des Moines. That's Bend the and Des Moines. Those are the goals. I mentioned those are three the goals. times now. So <laughs> if there's anyone listening from Bend or Des Moines, shoot us a message. Please let us know. It would mean a lot. Tell us tell us what you think. <laughs> or of the song. if you play in the national, our favorite band. Let's uh, yeah. let's get the town heroes on your next tour. I promise we will give it our all, buds. All right, folks. Well, thanks for tuning in. And where can they find in your head? Where should people be looking for it and sharing it? Uh, everywhere music is available. So my band is The Town Heroes. The Town Heroes, H-E-R-O-E-S. We are on every every platform where you listen to music. Our songs will be there. And yeah, just follow, follow us online, Instagram, Facebook, uh, we'll keep you up to date on, on everything that's going on and the new songs that are coming out. And and you've had some people send you videos of them dancing to this song. Yes. So there's another challenge if you're into yeah. moving and grooving. Yeah. Yeah. Play it. Play it loud. Have fun. And uh, when you go to bed, play it on repeat on Spotify. And don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for... Uh, the thoughtful questions. You're welcome, dude. Okay, see you, folks. Woo.